Remember Harry Potter, remember Hogwarts, remember all those houses into which we all are sorted. Harry and Draco, Hermione and Ron, Dumbledore and Snape, Hagrid and McGonagall, we're gonna remember. Hey there, and welcome to Remember Harry Potter, a literary podcast covering all aspects of the Harry Potter series. On Remember Harry Potter, we talk about all things openly, especially the relationships and everything that goes along with them. We also understand that there are conversations that will come up that we might not be able to do justice. We want to include as much diversity as we can. So if you'd like to share your perspective with our audience, please message us. Oh, and fair warning, we We are are not spoiler free. By the time Halloween arrived, Harry was regretting his rash promise to go to the death day party. The rest of the school was happily anticipating their Halloween feast. The Great Hall had been decorated with the usual live bats. Hagrid's vast pumpkins had been carved into lanterns large enough for three men to sit in. And there were rumors that Dumbledore had booked a troop of dancing skeletons for the entertainment. A promise is a promise, Hermione reminded Harry bossily. You said you'd go to the death day party. So at seven o'clock, Harry, Ron, and Hermione walked straight past the doorway to the packed Great Hall which was glittering invitingly with gold plates and candles, and directed their steps instead towards the dungeons. The passageway leading to nearly Headless Nick's party had been lined with candles too, though the effect was far from cheerful. These were long, thin, jet black tapers, all burning bright blue, casting a dim, ghostly light even over their own living faces. The temperature dropped with every step they took. As Harry shivered and drew his robes tightly around him, He heard what sounded like a thousand fingernails scraping on an enormous blackboard. Hey, sorting hat, Emily. (laughs) How can I help you? Are you ready to sort one of our new students? That is my one and only job. You only do it once a year. You take it very seriously, though. I really do. And also, I have one hobby, which is... Uh, writing a song for the next year. <laughs> it takes the whole year to do. <laughs> this student, come on up. Her name is Lisa. She's from Pennsylvania. Oh my gosh, another Hufflepuff. Woo! Welcome. We collect them. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Hi, everybody. My name is Marin. My name is Emily. And we are Remember, Remember Harry Potter. Potter. On this week's episode of Remember Harry Potter, we are talking about Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 8, The Death Day Party. Do you have any idea what happened in our last chapter? (laughs) I just had to look. It was so long ago. And I do believe it's the chapter called Wood Always Gets Up Early. (laughs) Wood Always Gets Up Early. Yep, you're right. (laughs) Um, They go to Quidditch practice. Colin's there. The Slytherins show up. They're like, look at all of our brooms that were 
bot so Draco could be on the team. <laughs> and Ron's like, that sucks. Eat slugs. And then he, he <gasps> oh, himself has to eat slugs. Poor Ron. And then they go to Hagrid's and then Harry has to go to Lockhart. And then he hears this voice. It's a whole thing. Lots happens in that chapter. It is. It was like the it was a three chapter er mm-hmm. in one chapter. I remember that now. Yeah. This one is really just a one chapter er. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm getting right into it. So here's what's happening. It is October at Hogwarts, and all the kids have to stand outside in the rain when classes aren't in session. So everyone's getting sick. That's what I read, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it says it right there in the text. Madame Pomfrey has this magical cold medicine that makes smoke come out of your ears, but it also works instantly. And at one point, Percy was like, hey, Ginny, my little sister who I've been put in charge of to take care of, you're looking very pale. Literally, that's her only symptom. She's looking a little pale. She's a redhead and it's October. So I'm sure she's looking a little pale, uh-huh. but he goes and forces her to take the cold medicine that makes you smoke out of your ears. And so then she has to go around looking like her head was on fire all day. Rude. He's so rude. You guys don't do that to your little sister. She's going to tell Voldemort on you. <laughs> he doesn't know. But she's yeah, like, my she a-hole older brother said I was looking <laughs> pale. Honestly, this is like the beginning of Percy's like downward spiral. So maybe she truly did. Right? Oh my gosh. Voldemort literally... Okay. Tom Riddle canonically (laughs) cursed Percy for being mean to Ginny her first year of Hogwarts. (laughs) That's what I'm getting from this. Emily wrote it. Emily wrote it. (laughs) So it has said, so it is, shall be. (laughs) Uh, Also, even though it's pouring rain, Oliver Wood is relentless. So the Quidditch team has to practice rain or shine, no matter what. Always. Always out there flying around. It turns out that all that Malfoy money did buy the Slytherins some speed on the pitch, (laughs) which is a bummer for the Gryffindors. Also, why is this even allowed? It shouldn't be. Why is this allowed? It is so unfair. There should be standard school Quidditch brooms. Yes. It shouldn't be. uh, Each person has to supply their piece of equipment and it's based on how wealthy you are and how much you can afford. Honest to Carlisle Colin. Like. Literally. It's wrong. Come on. It's wrong. This is. No. Either everyone gets a brand new one or everyone gets the same one. Like. This is literally how sports are done. Like you. If my kid was like, I'm going to go be on the lacrosse team. I'd be like, cool, I pay the fee, you get the equipment from the school, Mm -hmm. it is supplied to you. And maybe the school doesn't have very good equipment because the school is a little bit poor. But then what happens is somebody makes a donation or there's some sort of from the city or something and everybody gets a good equipment, not just like the two kids whose parents like it well, is incredible and like they're as far as we know and I feel like Ron Weasley would have told me if it exists if there was like a outside of school young person quidditch right like league. a little league uh-huh but no it's like school is the only place that you are mm-hmm. on a quidditch team and therefore when you go into professional quidditch they're pulling from the school Quidditch teams, yeah. you would think that there would be plenty of wealthy 
professional sports teams who would want their new players to learn Quidditch on the best equipment who would be funding these things. It's stupid. Girl, I am bowing down to you as always. But I mean, it's like, you know that there isn't any wizard college (laughs) as far as I can tell. So yes, they should be investing in these 13-year-olds and buying all of the school new brooms Mm -hmm. so that it's not just one stupid ugly team that gets all the good ones yeah hate it (laughs) so um after one of the practices harry is just like soaking wet and he's trying to get up to the gryffindor common room when he comes across Sir Nicholas the Ghost. Uh, (laughs) We did an episode about Sir Nicholas last week, and so you can learn all about him by listening to that episode. Nick, we like to call him Nick around here at the podcast. Yeah, we're on first short-named basis with (laughs) the ghosts. So Nick is like, Harry, you look troubled. (laughs) And Harry is like, so do you. <laughs> and then Nick does that thing where you're like, oh, nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. So that the person has to be like, oh, my God. OK, I'll stop everything I'm doing, even though I'm soaking wet and ask you what's the matter. <laughs> so Harry's like, what's wrong? And um, Nick is like, OK, so there's this headless ghost party. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I could join it because it sounds really fun. And they get to do cool things with their like heads. But because oh, what? <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> but since his head is literally still on, as Emily so rightly pointed out, his head is literally connected to his body. He can't join him. You can't be part of it. What's it? What is it that um, Regina George screams about in mean girls which is like you can't be you can't sit with us you can't sit with us that's literally he can't nick your head is is attached (laughs) no matter how slightly okay before we get any farther with this i just have a question for the team which is you who's listening to this is nick hot (laughs) okay well listen to this description okay he goes And he sees Nick there. Nick is standing at the window just looking out. He is wearing a dashing plumed hat on his long curly hair Mm. and a tunic with a ruff. Okay, so what I'm picking up here from you is that this man is well-dressed and brooding. With long long curly hair just staring out the window. Yes. Sounds, Sounds hot. I think Nick is hot, you guys. <laughs> this changes and everything. Here's the thing. Here's what we know about Nick. He was like 20. He's super young. He was like 20 when he died. So I guarantee he was hot. Yeah. He was like young, cute, funny wizard guy. Go- oh, hello, young lady. Mm, looks like your teeth are a little bit crooked. May I please? Just a little. Just come here. Come- and you know she was like, okay. Let's see. And then because her teeth turned into a tusk, it was like, let's kill him. But man, yeah. think he wouldn't have been able to get that close to her if he wasn't all good looking. That's what I'm thinking. He had that curly hair. He had his plume. 
I'm on this. I'm on this ride. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Welcome aboard. Thank you. I didn't think about it before. I kept picturing John Cleese. <laughs> yeah. See, the movie. The movie gets it wrong. Yeah, real, they do. Real wrong. Real wrong. I'd like to just put it out again to the team. <laughs> uh, if someone wants to draw hot Nick, I would love a hot Nick shirt. Me too. I would wear a hot Nicholas shirt. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Okay. Into it. Thank you. Thank you for the segue. <laughs> so, um, since he's his head is on and he can't join the team, he's really mad about it. He asks Harry, "What's the matter?" Finally, because he's not he's not too big of a jerk either, right? No, he he'll take his moment right. to have a. <laughs> A little venting sesh, well, but he, was, he cares about you. He does. And he was brooding. He was in the middle of it. Yes. So he's like, this is why I'm brooding. And then he goes, what's your problem? Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And Harry is like, okay, I just wish that my team had all the expensive fast brooms. And he's like going on and on about it. And then he's rudely interrupted by that cat, Mrs. Norris. <laughs> And Nick is like, oh, my gosh, run, run. (laughs) The interaction here is so funny. And okay, this next page is awful. So apparently, and this was pre-COVID times. We have I have to keep telling myself that this is pre-COVID ages where we just walked around with the flu all the time. Right. Uh So apparently Filch has the flu and he has a gross case of the flu where his like nose is purple and he's dripping and he's wearing a scarf and he's like coughing and sneezing his eyes are probably running disgusting yeah felt definitely not hot (laughs) the literal opposite in case you were wondering he's a he's a not he's a not (laughs) so he's got the flu and he's still working instead of resting yeah that was my question because they don't have anybody else that does his job? Because there's not literal hundreds of house elves that also pick up the castle? And well, he, he just mm. has to do it so that he can torture kids. Why is he here? So, <laughs> no, that's the best question. <laughs> but, like, it could be that he's like, I have the flu. I'm going to go lay down for two days so that I can actually work. It, that's fine. We have lots of people who can take care of your job while you're no he has to torture children so much that he's doing it while he's sick okay i'm convinced that felt just one day showed up at hogwarts and started like yelling at kids but like would also sweep sometimes and dumbledore was just like no yeah okay listen you can stay for the rest of my life if ever anybody says hey dumbledore did this shitty shifty like shady thing i'm gonna be like yeah i believe you (laughs) like hundreds of them so, yeah. So he's like, even though he's doing this to himself, he's really mad that he has to clean up some mess. And he's like muttering about it. And right when Harry is about to leave, Filch like bursts through, all sick and contagious, no mask. And he's angry at Harry for making a mess. Like Harry just, he's wet, right? It's raining outside and they make you go outside. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. So also, like, like, it's not Harry's fault. Why do they not teach the kids how to, like, clean up after themselves? <laughs> oh, no, that's never part of the education <laughs> at Hogwarts. It is like, nope, we have a bunch of adults who are just going to yell at you and then clean up after you. Yeah, I'm sure if you taught them all, most of them would just take care of things. Literally, think of how easy it would be for Harry to just pull out his wand and do the drying off spell. Yeah. It's problem solved right there. <laughs> so Harry, so Filch is like, 
I'm mad. Come with me. And Harry's like, oh, my gosh, I'm still wet. And so Harry follows him to his office so that he can get the flu, I guess. And Filch's office is exactly as disgusting as you think it would be. It is full of, like, piles and drawers and just records, like, like every files, everything, every punishment he's ever given to any child he has a record of it he has it on a piece of paper in his office so there's just piles of all of these punishments he's done and there's also literal torture devices on the wall torture devices or your highly polished collection of chains (laughs) that you have to keep polished for one certain teacher <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm supportive of that. But to these children, these are torture devices. You hanging. can't just keep your sex chains out <laughs> in the open in your dungeon office. You can, but you can't let kids come in there. Exactly. If you're <laughs> gonna be meeting with students, you have to put that they're all polished in the cupboard. <laughs> Perfectly well maintained. The rest of the office is completely covered in cobwebs and dust and faded papers everywhere. But these torture devices are polished. I'm glad that page is over. So (laughs) Filch is muttering and he's starting the process of punishing Harry. And literally, can we just hire somebody who can do magic? Maybe. Like, and, and also maybe more than one person to do this job. Or... This is what I, you know what I wrote right here? And it's been so long since I took these notes that I forgot. We just had this conversation. Or assign kids to clean up after themselves, okay? Like, anyway, okay, whatever. Before Filch can write down Harry's crime, there's a loud boom. And Filch is like, ah! And he's like, it's it's Peeves, obviously. So he runs out of his office, like, go to bed, though. And Harry, instead of just leaving, which I guarantee if Harry would have just walked out of that office right then and gone up to bed, Filch would have forgotten what was happening. But he didn't. He stays. So he sits down and he waits for Filch to come back. And while he's waiting, he notices an envelope containing the title that says, Quick Spell. A Quick Spell Course. A correspondence course in beginner's magic. (laughs) And this course is to help Bad at magic people learn magic better. And this reminded me of a time in my life that I would like to tell everybody about. Back in my early 20s, I got married and I was super depressed. (laughs) (laughs) I got married. Being married didn't make me depressed, but a couple of the like circumstances surrounding it made me depressed. What happened was I got married and then I got on this really high dose of like birth control and it really messed up with my hormones. And then I, I couldn't hold down a job because I got really depressed. And I just was like, it was a cycle of really bad uh, circumstances that made me feel terrible about myself. And one of the things that happened was because of the birth control, I, I gained some weight. And so I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy these. I Like I was like laying on the couch one day just crying while Mark was at work. And I saw this commercial for Pilates tapes, you know, the Pilates, the workout where you like do a V with your body for some reason. And I was like, (laughs) I could do that. I took dance for 15 years. I could, I could do Pilates. And so I got like, I went ahead and ordered it from TV. (laughs) This was back in like 2001. I ordered VHS tapes from TV (laughs) and they came to my house about two months later (laughs) 
<laughs> and I pulled the first one out and I put it in and I tried to do Pilates to the videotape and I was like, I can't do Pilates. That is what Filch is doing. It is. Am I right? Yeah. And also the thing I find interesting because it like on the like little piece of paper that's inside of the thing, uh-huh. there's all of these like uh, testimonials from people. <laughs> But they're all about how they feel because other people make fun of them Mm -hmm. for not being able to do magic. Yeah. Like, it's like, do you feel out of step in the modern magic world? Um, Have you ever been taunted for your woeful wand work? Um, This one person is like, "Um, my potions were a family joke. Uh, My wife used to sneer at my feeble charms. It's all. So I'm like, Filch, who was making fun of you for not being able to do magic? (laughs) It's Snape. (laughs) This is capitalism at its finest, though. It's like, that's why I bought the Pilates videos, because they were like, do you feel like you're not very healthy? Do you feel fat? Do you feel whatever? Like, as if all of those things are bad. And I should feel guilty about it. And because I'm laying on my couch all day every day because I'm literally depressed, I should feel guilty about that and buy these videotapes and, and then exercise and it will solve, solve all of my problems. Yeah. It's like... It's the same thing. Yeah. They found like a, a person with a pain point and they're like, we have this fake community. It is so... <laughs> you can be part of oh. and feel better about yourself. And Filch was like... Yeah, I he was. That. In, and it, it did make me feel a little like, because I was like, I know exactly what he's going through, where yeah. he's like, he sees a product that he's like, this will make me feel better about myself. And as much as I hate Filch, because I think he's a terrible human, I connected with that so, so clearly. I yes. was like, damn. So yeah, Harry definitely... <laughs> Because he's Harry, he picks up the envelope, he opens it up, he pulls out the material, and he's reading it. He's like, and like, there's no, like, Harry thinks to himself, like, why did Filch need this? Like, yeah. is he maybe not a proper wizard? But Harry's just like learning some tips about holding his <laughs> wand. Like, there's no, like, malice in no. him going through this at all. He's mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is a thing that I didn't know exists. I totally agree. Like, he he does not think to himself, I'm going to make fun of Filch about this. Mm-hmm. He's just like, this is interesting. Yeah. Because he's only like a 12-year-old kid. It's not like he's even like, he doesn't even know Probably that some people can't do magic. Right. You know, he's like, either you're a wizard or you're a muggle. He doesn't understand that there's this whole other thing. So the quick spell materials, which are very beginner magic stuff, and he's just like reading it. And he's like, wait, does Filch not know magic? And Filch comes in (laughs) and he's like all proud that he's going to get Peeves kicked out for destroying a vanishing cabinet. Dun, dun, dun. And Harry has like (laughs) shoved the papers back in the envelope and chucked the envelope across the desk. And (laughs) Filch is like, wait a minute, you didn't read that? And Harry's like, no, but um, I didn't read what? What are you talking about? And but by this time, like Filch is so flustered. And he's like, well, not that even if you had read it, it's not like I, well, don't, I mean, leave. (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't mine, but still, yeah. if you didn't read, but if you did, you just go. He's and so grossly, If we need to like add another Filch is not hot, there's a tick that's going into his cheek as they're talking. <laughs> read it to me, please. I don't know what I don't. I didn't. I don't. My mind wouldn't let me absorb that information. <laughs> <laughs> Harry was staring at him alarmed. 
Filch had never looked madder. His eyes were popping. A tick was going in one of his pouchy cheeks, and the tartan <laughs> scarf didn't help. No, I think that a tick was going. Like he had it. Oh, like a, no, I want it to be a bug. Okay, I'm. let's do it. Somebody draw a picture of Filch with a literal tick going in. Going in. <laughs> I now understand what you're saying, but hmm. it's always been a bug to me. I like it. He's just so disgusting. That <laughs> Emily wrote this book. Is in his face. He has a tick in his face. <laughs> All right. So Harry is like, bye. And like, as he's running away, he sees Nick again. And I'm sure they like high five on the way. Because Nick is like, dude, did you like how I tricked Filch into thinking that Peeves was the one who knocked down the cabinet? <laughs> and Harry's like, awesome, dude. And then he's like, oh, wait, hey, Nick. Um, like, I wish I could do something for you. I feel really bad that your head is on. And Nick is like, well, actually, you can, 12-year-old boy. I am having my 500th death day party this Halloween. And it'd be super cool if you and your two other 12-year-old besties could come. (laughs) That'll show people how impressive I am. (laughs) Right? And he definitely lays on some manipulative BS about how Harry... Would probably rather go to the school feast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Harry is a people or ghost pleaser. So he's like, no, no, it's fine. I'll come to your death day party. It's totally fine. I like ghosts. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. And Nick is like, oh, also, um, when this other ghost gets there, can you tell him how scary you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> So he's hot, but he's kind of annoying. He's super annoying. Okay. So then it's later, and Harry is hopefully dry and warm by now. We don't know. And he's told Ron and Hermione about the death day party. And Hermione's like, okay, that might be kind of cool. Like, I, you know, she's she's into everything new, and especially in the wizarding world. So she's like, that might be kind of cool to go to this party. And Ron is like, no, this literally sounds like the worst night of my life. And I'm not going to go. And I can't believe you're asking me to go on Halloween night <laughs> to a death day party. Well, Hermione's like, last Halloween, I was just crying in the bathroom and almost <laughs> died by a troll. So this is definitely a step up from there. It truly is. <laughs> so um, it's still raining. And the common room is full, and some really funny things are happening. Um, and also one problematic thing. So the <laughs> twins have got this salamander, which, as far as I can remember, is a living being. It's like yeah. a little lizardy guy. He's an amphibian, right? Well, he's a fire-dwelling lizard. Okay. So he's a fivephibian. Okay. <laughs> so they're torturing it. And Harry tries to tell them about, he tries to tell his friends about Filch's quick spell course. But then suddenly the salamander explodes. <laughs> fireworks all over the room. Are the twins doing this to him or is he just a firework salamander? No, they specifically put the fireworks into the salamander to see In what would happen. his mouth? In his stomach. In his, they fed it to I, please, please help me. Um, okay. <laughs> Or, in the case of Fred and George Weasley, trying to find out what would happen if you fed a filibuster firework to a salamander. Fred had rescued the brilliant orange fire-dwelling lizard from a care of magical creatures class. And now, and it was now smoldering gently on a table surrounded by a knot of curious people. Okay, so you're telling me that he, re- Fred, 
rescued a salamander from a class where he was literally in the title of the class being cared for and fed it a firework. Yes, and they just sit there until suddenly the salamander whizzed into the air, emitting loud sparks and bangs as it whirled wildly around the room. Okay, so they're torturing a creature, and um, Percy rightfully loses his GD mind, and Harry gets too distracted to remember to tell these guys about Filch's quick spell course. Yep. Really good. Okay. So it's Halloween and Harry is very much regretting his agreeing to go to the death day party. Oh, okay. So (laughs) I just put in here, read page 131 descriptions of the two parties. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I read for the chapter read. Yeah. So that's what Emily read at the beginning of the the episode. So go back and listen to that again. I just want to point out that um, the Death Day Party ha- definitely has a blue tint, like a Twilight style blue tint going on in it. It totally does. <laughs> it, yeah, they walk past the most beautiful sounding party that I can imagine and into a stinky light blue, like dark spooky with terrible music playing awful party and it's very sad and Emily okay we talked about this too because I was like imagine walking past the great hall and like seeing your friends and the twins are in there and Ginny and everybody's in there hanging out and you're like I Ron Weasley is probably so mad But they got to go because Harry was like, yeah, I'll go to your party. So they walk past that party and down to the dungeons to go to this nasty old stinky party where they can't even eat anything. And Emily's like, go to the good party first, right? Eat some food. And then what? If you get stuck. Oops. Apologize. (laughs) Be sorry. But listen, if there's a, a party with dancing skeletons... That's the party you go to. I mean, right? Duh. I'm just, I can't. It's like, it's so hard to, and I know sometimes you make the wrong decision about what party you're going to go to. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you always just are honest. You're like, yeah, I'll probably stop by, but I also have this other obligation. Yeah. Because then they're like, okay, they'll be by sometime and Mm -hmm. they'll leave sometime. Yep. I actually did that when I was in high school. I was probably a senior and there were like four different um, Halloween parties that I wanted to go to. No, it, I was I had actually graduated just the June before this. So there were like four or five parties. And some of them were kids who were still in high school. And some of them were like kids who had graduated. And so my friend Ben and I just like made the rounds. Mm-hmm. We just went to like every different one. There was one where the girl was mad that we were leaving. But I was like, huh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so the party sucks. First of all, it's freezing. It's dark. The music totally sucks. It's not even music. It's just screeching. It's just 30 saws. (laughs) Everyone there is totally bummed out. There's tons of ghosts there. And then Hermione sees her least favorite ghost, Moaning Myrtle. (laughs) Moaning Myrtle is the toilet ghost, everybody. Yep. So what Moaning Myrtle has done this year is she's a ghost that lives in the, the girls' bathroom on the second floor. And nobody ever wants to go in that bathroom because Myrtle is always in there flooding the bathroom and screaming um, <laughs> about everything. And Hermione's like, please, please, please. Marlene Myrtle's coming. She's like, it's a psycho hose beast. Like, <laughs> Let's walk away. And then suddenly they see the food. And they are like, are like, yes, yes, food. So they hurry over all excited. But it's literally 
just piles of rotten food, moldy and maggoty old garbage, and a literal tombstone cake, which I think is the cake made out of a tombstone. <laughs> That's all I could understand from it. <laughs> um, it's a gray cake in the shape of a tombstone. Kay. And they are like, I cannot believe this is happening. And some ghost comes over and he just like, <laughs> this ghost just open mouth walks through the food. <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> and Harry's like can you taste it and the ghost is like almost <laughs> I got a thing okay Okay. so earlier when we stumbled upon <laughs> Nick brooding out the window uh-huh. he had a the uh, decline letter from yeah, yeah. Patrick mm-hmm. which was an actual ghost paper he was holding <laughs> So we know that ghosts can hold ghost items. Ghost things. Why do they not just have, like, ghost food? What would ghost food be? I don't know. A food? But why is there a ghost paper and, like, a ghost quill and ink? And he has a ghost plume. Ghost clothing. And a ghost jacket and ghost curly hair. Why is there not ghost food? (laughs) I don't know. That's such a good question. Like, it's dead. It's literally dead. Where does it? Where does Do no dead go? fish decide to stay on Earth? But then when it's they just die? a ghost. Do they have to pick it up and eat it as a ghost? I don't know. <laughs> I'm is just there... confused about why there is ghost paper, but there isn't ghost food. I don't know either. <laughs> and it, would you get like? How do you get a ghost hamburger? You know, you go to the ghost. Arby's. The ghost Donalds. Ghost Donalds. I don't know. I love it so much. What a great thing to have. So they go to leave. <laughs> They're like, I can't be here anymore. And they literally <laughs> try to leave. But before they can go, they see this little ghost pop up in front of them. And it's Peeves. And he's like, hey, guys, do you want these fungus covered peanuts? <laughs> And then he's like, hey, Myrtle, come here, Moaning Myrtle, come here. And she hates being called Moaning Myrtle. So Hermione's like, stop, stop, stop. And she finally gets over there and Myrtle's like, it's it's Hermione and she doesn't like me. And Peeves is like, wow, you're looking really pimply today. And Myrtle just screams her head off and then floats out of the party. And then Nick comes over and he's like, great party, huh? (laughs) The kids are like, uh, yeah. And then Nick's like, I have to go give my speech. I'm so glad you're here. And suddenly, like right as he's on his way up to the podium to give his speech, the Saw Orchestra stops playing and these headless hunt jock bully ghosts all come in. On, may I point out, their ghost horses. <laughs> a ghost horse I get. A ghost fish I get. I can't wrap my mind around a ghost hamburger. Because <laughs> my hamburger didn't die. My hamburger doesn't have a spirit. Neither does the paper. <laughs> Neither does the saw. Neither right? does your shirt. <laughs> Does no one die while they're holding a food? (laughs) If you die mid-hamburger bite and you choke, does not that hamburger stay in your ghost hand for the rest of eternity? Does not. It (laughs) does not. It's so... (laughs) 
I don't know. Like, did they just get some ghost paper because, like, what, a librarian ghost died one time while they were just holding a stack of parchment? <laughs> somebody had their ghost, somebody had their quill in there and they just died on the table. So they have it. It died with them. When you have you to die be touching with, it. Right. When you die with things, is there like a ghost committee what takes care of all the ghost objects? <laughs> and you have to go like check it in. And then when you need it, you have to go to the ghost object center and request a ghost item. And they, they like either approve you or deny you. I love it. I think yes. I do. <laughs> I think yes. You have a ghost library. And Nick submitted his request, and he's like, I need this many ghost foods for my death day party. And they were, like, denied. Yeah, he didn't get any ghost food, so they had to just bring rotten food. They had to go out to where the house elves put all the rotten food, and they're like, can I have it for my death day party? <laughs> Did he go and talk to some one of the elves after he's like can you just set aside some food and let it go bad until Aww. halloween because my i bet he did my ghost food application got rejected too <laughs> no wonder sweet, nick is so mopey the sweet little house elf is like feels so bad for nick and she thinks he's really cute so she's like i'll do it for you it'll be out and behind the garbage cans <laughs> it's really sweet so these jocks come in on their ghost horses <laughs> And they're, I, I don't know if they were invited because it feels like they're crashing the party. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Does. So they come in and their leader, Patrick, the one that Nick wants to tell Her Harry to tell is like real scary. He comes right in and I'll like with his head off brags around at Nick's party. Like he's like, hey, what's up? It's all of us headless dudes here at, at like this non headless party. And Nick is still he's like persistent he's gonna go do his speech but the headless hunt bullies just right in the middle of the party they start a game of head hockey like just right there and then the party just completely falls apart the orchestra starts playing again nick can't get his speech out and the kids are like okay bye <laughs> they literally just peace out <laughs> so they sneak out and they start heading up to the Great Hall because they're like, maybe we'll be there in time for pudding, which I learned from Jen that pudding is just dessert. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that before. <laughs> so when suddenly, as they're walking up the stairs, Harry hears that voice again. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's the voice. And so he's totally freaking out about this. And at this point, he assumes that Ron and Hermione can hear the voice and he, that they can hear what the voice is saying. So he gets super excited and he starts freaking out about it. And Hermione and Ron are like just staring at him. And what's happening is that Harry, they're like kind of stopped, but he hears the voice moving up. So he's like, maybe it's like a phantom or something. But the voice. <laughs> Everyone knows phantoms rise, <laughs> ghosts fall. <laughs> Sure, sure. So he's like, I don't know what it is, but I can hear it. And it's going away from us. So he starts running after the voice up two flights of stairs, straight past the, the party, past the Great Hall. And Ron and Hermione are behind him. And he hears the voice basically screaming at this point. I smell blood. And he is like, somebody's gonna die. Like Harry Potter's been around the block a couple of times, everybody. So he knows when you hear something like that, somebody's going to die. And he's like, it's gonna kill someone. He's losing his mind at this point. And they run into this deserted corridor. 
And they all like skid to a stop when they see something written on the wall. And in great big red letters, it says, The Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. And of course, like this is enough to make all three of them just like (gasps) hold perfectly still. And Ron is like, what is that thing hanging And so they go a little bit closer to see and then they almost slip in this like huge puddle of water that's all over the floor. And the thing hanging there is Mrs. Norris, the cat. And she's completely stiff. She's like hanging by the tail, stiff, like looks dead. This is a nightmare to imagine happening. And just as they're like, oh my gosh, should we leave or should we like take her down? What are we supposed to do? The feast lets out (laughs) and all of the students just flood this corridor. Like everybody's there all of a sudden, like everybody walks out, they're all chatting, they're all like full and happy and like having such like a great Halloween night and they step into the corridor and they see these three standing there in this terrible looking scene where there's like something's written on the wall but in what looks like blood and there's water all over the floor and the cat is hanging in there and it looks like she's dead so everybody just like stops and like stares because what the heck else are you gonna do and then freaking Draco Malfoy just starts screaming his head off this is the most excited he's ever been for some reason and he walks straight through the crowd in front of everybody and he just is like laughing and he literally says the mudbloods will be next what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) this is getting serious it's getting spooky this is the first time so harry potter one is very scary and it's very scary when harry comes face to face with quirrell Um, after the chess game and so that is a very scary and then he actually like he sees Quirrell die it's a whole thing but this is scary everybody's there and so like this is it like things just get get scarier every year from here on out like the first book is a lot of fun and a lot of like laughs this is where we like start with our scary shit very excited the chamber of secrets has been opened Welcome back, Chamber. (laughs) Hey. It's been like 50 years, girl. Missed you. (laughs) Sorry I closed you that one time. It was rude. (laughs) I'm back, though. (laughs) All right. Oh, I had an owl post. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, indeed. Um, This is a long-awaited email that I've been wanting to share for a while. I'm not going to share the entire email. I'm just going to share some of it. So we have this one listener whose name is Ross. And Ross has been with us from the very beginning. He's a true blue. He's one of our people. And he wrote us this beautiful note. And I just, I just want to share it because I just really appreciated it. And I really love, I really love Ross. <laughs> okay. So he says, hi, Marin and Emily. Oh, first of all, he calls it your quarterly gushing of love from Ross. And then in parentheses, <laughs> Y-Q-G-O-L-F-R. 
<laughs> getting that tattooed. <laughs> Which I love. Hi, Marin and Emily. Ross here. I wanted to let you know that, though I have been supporting Remember Harry Potter from the beginning, I have been very, very behind on it. So I decided to restart from the beginning last night. I hung out with you guys all day today at work and I had a blast. Which makes me so happy that he feels like when he's listening to us, he's hanging out with us. I really wish we were in real life. He says, when I got to one of the most cringe moments in the book, Harry walking in on Filch, helping Snape with his bleeding leg in the staff room, (laughs) I was delighted to hear you two make so much fun of it. What a stupid, weird, insane moment. I can never tell where the line is in terms of swearing and dirty language on the show, but Marin straight up going, so like, is Snape the Dom or is Filch the Dom? Made me laugh so hard and want to reach out to you ladies to say thank you for all that you do. I'm so happy that Remember Twilight is back after you guys' much-deserved break and that I have all the future episodes of Remember Harry Potter to look forward to. So much to unpack and so many amazing characters we have yet to meet. I also want to say thank you for giving me an outlet to love Harry Potter after she who must not be named has come out as a hateful, hateful person. That was truly one of the most disappointing things I've ever experienced and made me feel like, Okay, I can't be a fan of Harry Potter anymore, but I love the approach you guys take of commending it and loving it, but giving her none of the credit. I agree. She gave it to the world, so let's be like, yep, it's ours now. Bye. I look forward to catching up all the way to the first few weeks of Chamber and hearing your thoughts and jokes about it. Every week is a blast, and I'm so grateful that I found you two because you have given me so much joy and friendship. It is truly unable to be repaid. So that's it, really. Thank you, ladies, for all that you do, because it's such an excessive amount of more than enough, and we don't deserve it. Love you guys, your fellow Hufflepuff. Love you too, Ross. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to cry. Big love. (laughs) (laughs) He wrote some other, like, more personal things in the email that I didn't add in, but um, Ross, you are very loved, and thank you for the beautiful owl post. And if anybody else wants to write us an owl post, we love to share them. So we're about to go and record our Patreon-only video for people who are subscribed to our Harry Potter tier. Our Patronisode? Our Patronisode. <laughs> and I'm going to bring up something about Mrs. Norris, and I want to see what you guys think about it. So if you, too, notice something weird about this last couple pages, come sign up for Patreon and talk to me about this. Oh, my gosh. I want to see if anyone else caught this and I want to see if you think that I'm on the right track with it I'm excited I can't wait to talk about it I have no idea what is in Emily's head right now all right well I'll see you guys at the Patronisode (laughs) (laughs) and until next week let's create something magical together (laughs) Bye. bye You've been remembering Harry Potter with Marin and Emily. You can stay in touch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Remember Harry Potter Podcast. Please consider joining us on Patreon for a weekly bonus video, access to our notes, original artwork, and to connect with our awesome community. You can message us at Remember Harry Potter Podcast at gmail.com. Send us a voice message on Anchor or leave a review on iTunes. Yes, please leave a review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for all this information and more. Thank you.